0: Episode fifty-two, man. It has been a full twelve it's months, crazy. full year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been and, uh, uh, it's been a heck of a ride. So we were we were talking offline about you know what should we do for this episode, um, and what we thought would be you know the most valuable. I think is you know we we each went away took some different notes from all the episodes that we had. There were so many notes, and we tried to whittle them down to like our top ten. Um, and in no particular order, you know, we're just going to go through, we'll split them up five and five. Um, and there were way more than 10, like it was, it was hard to whittle them down to 10, to be completely honest. But Mm. these were the ones that we thought hit on a lot of different topics that maybe only this person covered, or this person did exceptionally well, um, that we think that we thought would give the most value to you guys, our listeners. (laughs) What's going on, STR Nation? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Boostly. Now, you may remember episode 40 and 41 with Mark Simpson. He's the founder of Boostly, where we did a two-part series on the five steps for turning lookers into bookers. Mark is the king of direct bookings, and his company, Boostly specializes in creating hospitality websites. Yes, for short-term rentals, boutique hotels, they specialize in building websites that turn lookers into bookers. So if you're in the market to get your own direct booking website and stop relying on all the OTAs like Airbnb and booking.com and paying them their commissions, you need a direct booking website and Boostly is the company to do that for you. They have several different options for you. They can build everything for you, do it all for you, or you can purchase one of their pre-designed templates and just fill in all your information. But the cool thing with Boostly is they are the only company that offer a 100% money back guarantee. Meaning, whatever you pay for this package with them, if you do not make that money back with direct bookings, they'll give you your money back. So there is literally no risk for you. So make sure you guys go check out boostly.co.uk slash strsecrets. Again, that's boostly.co.uk slash strsecrets to learn more. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What is going on, E?
1: Good morning, my brother. Um, Woke up a little little bit sick today, um, which is kind of annoying, Um, but I also went out with my 23-year-old brother to Miami this weekend, um, and I forget that I'm 32 now. So I just think I just think it's my body telling me, like, listen, man, um, you can go out for dinner like a respectable older person. And then you should go home at a reasonable time um, because doing this four or five o'clock in the morning things, um, it is not your game anymore, my friends. So but it was a lot of fun. Um, so busy, man, like busy, busy, busy on, on all sides. Um, really pushing super hard on our refi. Um, we should be almost there, I think it's 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 been very helpful, just the fact that we're putting amazing numbers up this last couple of months. I am really hoping that that's what's gonna push the envelope over um but overall, you know we we can't complain um a little over a month away from going away for the summer um so also looking forward to to doing that and uh it's been a long time that's awesome, man. yeah has been a long that's, time.
0: That's like the true like definition of like freedom, right? When you can go away for a month, when you own a business and know that like when you come back, yeah, there'll be some pieces to pick up here and there, but like the business is still going to go. And yeah. You don't need to.
1: Yeah. And the most exciting part, man, is, is even in the 10 years since, since I've been in business, just how easy things have gotten and like how easy it is to, still have WhatsApp and be able to run your team from anywhere you are in the world. Um, AT&T offers this, this package when you go to Europe that you pay $10 a day and you have the same exact Wi-Fi and phone plan that you have at home. So I'm literally able to run everything from my phone uh, without any issues whatsoever. So from Italy. I am <laughs> From Italy, yeah. And I have Joyce now. So that's, that's going to be even better because I did it last time. That was two and a half years ago. Um, and I didn't have as big of a team as I have now. So I'm just... Uh, can't wait. I love it, man. Can't that's wait, amazing. you know? Yeah. So it's good, man. Um, I am excited about this episode because I did not realize, but we're done with a year of shows.
0: Episode 52, man. It has been... A full 12 months, full year. Yeah. 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 It's been uh, a, it's been a heck of a ride. So we were, we were talking offline about, you know, what should we do for this episode? Um, And what we thought would be, you know, the most valuable I think is, you know, we, we each went away, took some different notes from all the episodes that we had. There were so many notes and we tried to whittle them down to like our top 10 Um, and in no particular order, you know, we're just going to go through, we'll split them up five and five. Um, and there were way more than 10. Like it was, it was hard to whittle them down to 10, to be completely honest. But mm-hmm. these were the ones that we thought hit on a lot of different topics that maybe only this person covered, or this person did exceptionally well, um, that we think fig- that we thought would give the most value to you guys, our listeners. So mm-hmm. And and I think
1: some of them are also people that we have now become, we see on a regular basis. And I think I can pinpoint out of this list, a couple of people that both you and I have really learned from in the sense of, of what are things that we could do better in our business. Um, And we talk about this all the time, right? How open our industry is for us to all like share and help each other. Um, But some of those guys, for example, (laughs) Mark Simpson, has been such a huge, impactful person, I know, both in my life and yours. Um, and in a lot of listeners, right? Like, I, I know we have some people in the community that have gone and done some of the things that Mark talks about in his episodes. Um, and they work, and they work immediately. So to me, that that's just important to rehighlight people. that are actually truly making a difference from a place of being humble and helping and wanting to Grow the industry. I think everybody that um, we're going to be highlighting really has that kind hearted want to help others grow, but also make our industry overall um, just better.
0: 100%. 100%. So I'll kick it off um, going back to one of the earlier episodes. This was episode nine with Miss Julie George, the million dollar host. Now we both love Julie. We've built great friendships with her um, over the last few months, actually. You know, we had known Julie before, you know, through some different conferences we were speaking at and different things like that. And then when Clubhouse came out, you know, I feel like we're on Clubhouse with her constantly and, you know, we're texting back and forth and sending each other stuff overseas. And she's just an amazing person. But She's one of the most down to earth people I know for someone that has had the amount of success that she's had, right? So this is somebody that's gone from zero to 130 properties in two years, $8 million in income off Airbnb, and then sold her business at a very nice sum, which she's not allowed to discuss because there's NDAs in place, but there, it was a sizable sale um, and she's done very well and she's super willing to give back. But the thing that I wanted to highlight from that episode, and it's episode nine, if you guys want to go back and check that out, episode nine with Julie George, was how she built up her co-hosting or management business, um, working with real estate agents. And now a lot of people feel when I tell them, you know, leverage those relationships, build those relationships, you know, look for those referrals through agents, they're like, well, how much should I pay them for a commission, or, or you know, how do I compensate them? What I loved about Julie's episode was she's like, you don't need to compensate them from a monetary standpoint. You have to find a way to add value to those people. So what she would do is she would you know, talk to those agents and just say, Hey, listen, would you want me to put together a free appraisal or a free property analysis for these properties that you're selling that you could show to your sellers to show them how much money these properties could make if they rented them out as a short-term rental. Now it's totally free and it helps the agent sell that property. It's giving them another tool for the right buyer to come in and say, oh, this property might be near the top of my budget. But hey, you know what? If you bought this property, say it's a vacation home and, or it's an investment property and you wanted to rent it out, like here's how much you could actually make as a short-term rental. And by the way, I have somebody over here that could run everything for you and you could be completely hands-off. It's just a way to add value. And I thought it was so brilliant the way that she explained it and the way that she laid it out because at the end of the day, business is about identifying problems and offering solutions. So real estate agent problem, I need to sell a property solution. let me help you sell that property by giving you some added value that you can show your clients, hey, here's another alternative that you could use to acquire this property. And yeah. I thought it was brilliant.
1: Yeah that, that. are a few things that that I love about Julie. One is is guys realize that she did this before air DNA, right? So she wasn't it's now so easy for you if you if you have an air DNA membership to do this, right? She did it before air DNA. But the other thing that she did is, is there actually strategy on her business, on the management business to actually package it well, create a system. And I mean, if you were on episode 52 with us, you know, Mike and I have probably made ourselves sick saying that this is a business and you have to treat it like one, but there is no better example than Julie. Because Julie treated it like a business, created the systems, created everything. She's super proud of saying that she ran everything through her phone and email. And then she was able to turn around, sell that business, which is ultimately what we should all be doing, right? We should all be working into these businesses with the idea of eventually selling them. Um,
0: And again- The only other thing I'll throw in there too, there were a lot of nuggets in that episode. One other thing, I was actually listening to it again this morning, that how she built and scaled the business was it was almost like a franchise model where she would bring people onto her team and they would build up their own little portfolio. She'd give them the leads, but then they would own it and she'd give them a percentage of whatever those properties brought in. So some people they had, I think she said one of them had like 23 of their own properties. So she was helping newer entrepreneurs build their own little business under her umbrella. And she was kind of supervising it and overseeing it, but she gave them ownership to build it up and get a piece of the action, which I thought was brilliant. Mm,
1: Yeah. Um, And I think the next person that kind of comes to mind kind of naturally also in the sense of just being smart and thinking outside the box was our friend Braden Ross out of Canada. He was episode 36. Um, and Braden, the thing that was amazing to me is, is how he, so if you don't remember that episode, what he did to grow, he, he has that website called plenty of villas. But what he did to grow is he will go and become the travel agent for hotels. So hotels that weren't using Airbnb and those type of things, he would help them go online. And I, again, very similar to Julie, he saw the same thing. He saw, what's the problem? There is empty hotel rooms that could be rented. And he just created a system that allowed them to rent it. Um, And then going around and understanding the other thing they talked about greatly, which... Another guest talked about too is using Facebook ads to redirect traffic to his listings that would just add on the conversion and they would automatically naturally push his listings up on all the different OTAs. It's such a like little dumb thing. But at the same time, how many hotels do you know in your own little town there are the small mom and pop beachfront hotels that look kind of run down? that you can tell they have zero online presence. And if you're trying to get into the space, it would be a great opportunity for very little money into it, and you just need to kind of hustle your way to becoming a pre travel agent.
0: Yeah, he basically became the middleman. And the, what I loved about Braden's model was he wasn't handling any of the operations. He was purely just the front end of helping Airbnbs, STRs, and boutique hotels, or some even larger hotels fill their units. So he would figure out, okay, what does your inventory look like? And he figured out how to do some API integrations with their booking systems. And then he would go out and market those properties and just fill them and take, I think he said 15%. So he was making a commission on any room that he filled, but he didn't even have to fulfill that order. It was just back on the hotel or the STR, to then, okay, here's your booking. Just like, he became an OTA basically. Yeah. Like he was the middleman of like, okay, I'm gonna put this on these platforms and my own website and any bookings I send you, I'm just gonna take a percentage of. So he was able to scale that to 4,000 units. Like that's insane, right? Yeah. Insane. And but he's targeting sense. luxury properties too. Yeah. Like properties that bring in serious money.
1: Yeah, and he makes sense because he was able to grow so fast because what he focused on it's his unique ability of, of seeing the opportunity and generating traffic and he didn't have to worry himself sick, which a lot of new hosts do about like, who cleans it? How do we furnish it? Where do we buy the supplies? None of that was even part of his equation because all he was doing is generating traffic, converting leads and passing the leads on.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a very eye-opening episode. Very, very cool conversation. Um, the next one I want to talk about is episode 39 with Andrew Bate, who is the founder of safely. Now I'm trying to remember who actually introduced me to Andrew. Um, but we met through a mutual connection. I didn't even know what safely was at the time. And then when we had him on, I was like, this is a brilliant idea. So safely is a company that where you can essentially purchase insurance per reservation. So if you're in a co-host situation where you're managing somebody else's property, you know, you can recommend that the owner get insurance like through a company like proper and some of these short-term rental insurance companies, or if they're like, listen, I already have my homeowner's insurance. I just want to use this Airbnb guarantee. And if you want to put it somewhere else, you know, we'll figure it out. They, they come in and for, you know, 20 to 40 bucks per reservation, something like that. There was a different pricing scale that he talked about in the episode you can purchase insurance per reservation that will cover the guest if they have any issues or if they get hurt or whatever. They'll cover the owner of the property and they'll cover the co-host. And they were in the works of working on a cancellation policy as well. So if guests could basically buy travel insurance, if they needed to cancel, you know, the host would still get paid out and the guests would buy that type of insurance. And I just thought it was a brilliant model because... Instead of having to buy insurance for an entire year, which you should have some type of homeowner's policy anyway, if you're going to purchase insurance. But if you wanted that extra benefit, that extra protection, you could just pay that 30 to 40 bucks per reservation. And I would charge the guests back anyway. I would just create another fee on the platform and bill it back as an added benefit of this type of insurance. So I thought it was a, a brilliant model. It was episode 39. You guys can check that out. Make sure you go to safely.com. Check them out. Really cool episode. Not the sexiest topic, but just I always find it so fascinating when you meet these founders of these companies that just have these ideas that keep popping up from this industry of like, oh, here's an unfilled, untapped market that I could come in and fill. Mm. And, I always, and I love those conversations. So again, that was episode 39 with Andrew Bate. Yeah.
1: No, and I it came at the perfect time because it was was right after covid like we were kind of coming out of the restrictions for covid and it would have been such a powerful powerful tool for hosts to have during those April May kind of times of 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 2020 where we all lost reservations and everything else. Um so I think I think it came at the perfect time. Um talking about people that do things that are auxiliary to our vacation rental industry. Uh, my friend Antonio and his wife, Dominique, episode 26, um, they kind of came in and talked to us about all the, all the unseen things that make an experience a little bit more memorable. So they talked to us about what kind of smells you should use and how to use smells to tap into experiences and how to then use smells to reconnect with your, with your clients. And one of the tips that Dominique gave, and especially if you're in the luxury property space, so you don't have a lot of properties, but you have some great luxury property, it would be such an easy way for you to reach back out to your clients after they've gone home and send them a little letter saying, hey, we really appreciate you staying with us. We would love for you to come back. And then you spray the letter with the same smell that you have in the, in the property and that you immediately create that emotional connection um, and they also talk to us about the different colors and, and now all those different aspects can go into curating an experience. And I mean, every major brand in the world does it. Any restaurant, any big chain restaurants, if you go to a, um, a casino, like all of those things that you see there, the smells, the colors, they're all made scientifically to get you to have a better experience. And a lot of the times in our industry, that may be what makes the difference between getting a recurring client just because they won't even maybe able to explain why, but they'll feel this emotional connection to your property, to the experience that you have kind of created for them. Um, Plus, I grew up with Antonio, so it was such a pleasure for me to have him on the show um, with his wife, but it was just
0: amazing. Kind of it made it that was one of the ones that really got me thinking like it was one of those like if you paid attention to it it was like wow this is a, a pretty simple way to really step your game up and create a unique experience mm-hmm. and create a memorable experience right everything from you know how they explain tying in those the five senses to your property right the different sense and making sure that you know those different senses created You know, if it was a coastal um, property, like a beach house or whatever, you wanted some type of coastal scent and then the types of, you know, the material of the different blankets or everything created this like cohesive experience. And I was thinking of that a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, um, Chris and I were test driving a couple of new cars and one of them, the car company has their own scent. There's like a little scent thing inside the glove box that constantly. So it's like, this is what a luxury car smells like all the time. Like this brand, this is what this car is supposed to smell like all the time. And it immediately made me think of them because it was like, you know, you're getting the whole experience of like, would you like coffee, water, blah, blah, blah. By the way, here's our fragrance that's in all these vehicles and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is that whole package Mm -hmm. of creating that, you know, luxury experience for somebody. It was very interesting. I immediately thought of that.
1: Yeah, that's like taking that new car smell to a whole new level, you know. I yeah, buy, exactly. buy for four ninety nine. You can also buy a bottle of our fresh cologne for you to match the scent of your car. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be great, but no man, it's it's um uh, going back to the business and understanding, understanding, really understanding what makes people do what they do and understanding the emotional components of being a hospitality, I, I think it's, I think it's a great blessing and, and, and really being able to make your experience different um, and make people feel that you care. Um, that was his whole, their whole message. Right. And I know that he does that in his restaurant um, as well, right. The smells that they have in their restaurant, in addition to the food, right. When you walk in, there's particular smells that make you just feel Relaxed and cozy and like just home. And it just helps people have a better experience. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: All right. Next one I want to cover was episode 34 with Brian Fontenot. Mm. A couple of things. Um, I mean, he, Brian's one of those guys that we connected with through Clubhouse. And, you know, we've had some little mastermind sessions offline with him and, and some of our other buddies on there. And he is a brilliant entrepreneur and an amazing systems guy and he was walking us through some of his systems offline. I was just blown away how he has all these crazy integrations and everything. But the one thing that I wanted to talk about was how he's scaling his rental arbitrage business. And a lot of people are asking like, well, where, how do you scale it? Like, you know, a lot of our list, a lot of our guests have talked about, you know, how they're taking a whole floor of a new development or, you know, 10, 20 units of time. And people are like, well, how, how do you come up with capital for that kind of stuff? Or how do you scale you know, continually. And I love what, what Brian's doing where he's positioning himself as a done for you Airbnb, done for you STR service, where people can basically invest capital with him to furnish a unit. And then Brian does everything for them and then they have a revenue split. So it's almost like taking the co-host model and applying it to the rental arbitrage model where he's raising capital to fund his units. And then he's doing some type of revenue split with the investors. The reason I like the way he positioned it though, it's, it's, it's different. It's more like, Hey, this is a done for you service. Like you can get in the Airbnb game without getting your hands dirty at all. Mm -hmm. Here's how much it costs to set one of these up. If you put that up, I'll take care of everything for you. So I thought that was a brilliant way to kind of bridge that gap and raise capital to scale and position it for people that want to get in the business, but maybe they don't want to take the time to learn it or they're busy professionals or entrepreneurs themselves and they're just like hey you know what this sounds amazing i want to get in this sexy airbnb game i'm just going to partner with brian and he can do it for me
1: Mm -hmm. yeah his systems were super impressive i remember going through his all channels slack and, and all the conversations were going there and he has slack channels for payments and slack channels for this um and I have post-its all over my desk instead and and they just <laughs> different different people work in different ways um but very similar to him, another friend another clubhouse friends of ours, James Murphy, out of the u k um episode thirty seven um I mean his growth i think in like eighteen months he went from like zero to like almost three hundred units um and and to me there I had a couple couple notes that I wrote about him. One was his ability to empower his team. Um, so he was very deliberate in creating a team and giving roles to everybody. And then for him to stay very high level. Number two, he works with a lot of developers kind of similar, right? So if, if he sees buildings going up, he'll go up to them and he'll try to get the entire block or the entire floor ahead of time. And the third thing is is the way that he creates Everything is system forward, right? So you see, even I'm friends with him with him on on IG, and when they furnish the units, everything gets put together in a warehouse in those big plastic boxes and containers, and then everything gets dropped off to the property at once, right? So if you are a host and you have maybe one or two units, you know the experience of having to run to Home Goods or Michael's or I mean, when Mike came to visit me, he had to come and do a supply run with me too. Um, So just having the mindset of of buying everything in bulk, putting in a central location, packaging everything together, and then dropping everything off—that to me was the clear example of how you can go from zero to three hundred units in eighteen months, right? Because you're not running around; you're not like everything is mechanical methodical and everything is like is is the same right you're you're replicating the same experience property in property out
0: yeah it's all about at at that level it's how do i create efficiencies and then empower the team because furnishing one unit is a challenge for somebody that's new furnishing two three four five it can feel overwhelming when you're doing 10 20 50 units at once you have got to find a way to streamline that. Otherwise, it's it, it'll be a disaster. And having, having that process set up is huge. But the big thing that I picked up from him, like you touched on, was just his focus on his team and getting the right people in the right seats. Because to get to 300 units and to effectively manage those and, and be profitable and run a tight ship, you have got to have tight systems but great people to run those systems for you otherwise you have a hell of a job for yourself to to handle all that and mm-hmm. so kudos to james for, for doing that and sharing his his uh approach and his story with us that was an awesome episode yeah um next one i want to cover is our buddy tj to johnny he was episode 44 gotten to know tj very well through clubhouse one of my favorite people out there um just an awesome human, really good at what he does. He's great at scaling. Um, but he does this blended approach of owning some units and then rental arbitraging. So I love how he talked about applying the Burr strategy to short-term rentals, where you know he was out doing wholesale deals, then he got into doing some Burr deals on the long-term rental side, then came across a short-term rental strategy. And was able to you know, multiply his income just by converting those units to short-term rentals and how he continues to do that. And I think he's in the middle of a, a 13 unit right now that he's supposed to close on uh, in a few weeks. So kudos to him for that. Excited to see that one. But then how he was able to scale it, applying the rental arbitrage model. But the thing that I want to highlight from the episode was his approach uh, to the landlords. Um, Positioning himself as the perfect tenant, and he calls it his perfect tenant program. Again, going back to putting yourself in the mind of what problems do these people have, and what solutions can I offer? So, trying to think through, if I'm approaching a landlord, they are looking for the perfect tenant. So, what is the perfect tenant for a landlord? Somebody that's going to pay on time. Somebody that's going to take really good care of the property. You know, somebody that's not going to give me any headaches. Right? So how does how does he lay all of that out and position him as that perfect tenant? And that's how he's able to take on all these units and create long term relationships, which has allowed him to scale and do this blended portfolio of owning some and rental arbitraging some.
1: Yeah, I yeah, all I have to say about TJ is just I love the guy. Um, great energy. Um, again, what I said at the beginning of the episode, one of those people that you can tell is just into helping and serving others and, and just goes above and beyond in kind of sharing his journey and to me it's such a reminder of of the beauty of real estate investing in general is is the more you understand the more you can take different pieces of different puzzles and create a completely new picture that works for you and to your unique abilities right because for someone like like tj i think airbnb and creating the experience and being able to craft and create a design is such a better use of his time than wholesaling But what he learned from wholesalings allows him to find great properties that then he can then birth for vacation rentals. So it's just this perfect combination of of just everything. Um, So episode 39 was our friend, Tia Bailey, um, also met on Clubhouse. Um, This podcast could be like commercial for Clubhouse pretty much. Um, But Tia was fascinating because her host, like she took us back to how she got into Airbnbs in the first place. And for her, she was actually living with a family in Brazil when she went as an exchange student, left California, went down there. I think California, Seattle, one of those places, but she went down to Brazil and experienced vacation rentals for her first place. And then kind of came back, helped her parents make a ton of money with their houses and then just realized the opportunity. And one of the things that she did in one of her big properties that she bought was creating Instagrammable walls. And if you don't know what those are, there is a ton of places now all around the country. There's one down in Miami. They're just Instagram museums where they have super funky walls with like huge rubber ducklings or like bottles of some champagne or flowers everywhere. And people just go there and pay to get to take pictures in front of it, right? So, again, there is is what do you know about our industry and all the different sectors that are kind of coming up and how you can put multiple things together to increase traffic to your own vacation rentals. And I think Tia did that so beautifully because also with Crowdspace, is that what that's called? Peer Space. Yeah, Peer Space. And then she was using Peer Space for all the different locations that she was having. So that just helps you maximize revenue on your, on your listings in so many different ways. And she was just super creative and super humble about it. So I, I really enjoyed her episode and learned a lot from her for sure.
0: Yeah. It was interesting. Cause. Oh, I keep forgetting the count, but I, I want to say like 75, was it 75 or 30 something units that she took over in this new build. Yeah, But she designated some of the rooms instead of making them STRs, they they created these amenity spaces where it wasn't even just an Instagram wall, it was an Instagram room. So it looked like something out of a music video that was just so unique. And the the name of the game with short-term rentals is to create a unique experience. Like if you can create Mm -hmm. something unique, even if it's a teeny house or a teeny room, like as long as it's unique, it will do well. And just her vision for this, like, I didn't even know that was a thing creating these like Instagram rooms or whatever. Um, but she's doing really well with it. And it makes sense. Cause when you look at the pictures, like if you go back and check out those show notes, we've got some links to some of her sites. Like you'll see the images and I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. Like people would definitely book that just to go there. And, you know, especially if you're like a, I don't know, Instagram or YouTuber or some type of like online celebrity, and you want to get cool photos for your branding, like you literally just book that room from her and just mm-hmm. spend the night if you want to. But like, just having those amenity spaces is huge. So yeah. It's just thinking outside the box. And I love yeah. that.
1: And I, I mean, if, if, if you think about it and, and you, you think about your favorite restaurant in your local town, you'll start seeing that a lot of places are kind of creating that, right? A lot of places are creating Instagrammable walls, either with art or flower walls, because they understand that that's free marketing for them in the long term because they know, especially down in Miami, right? Like there is every restaurant has some kind of cool wall, some kind of art that you can take a picture. And then obviously what you do is gonna you, you tag the place and they get free advertising and people just want to go there to eat just, just for that. And it translates identical to, to vacation rentals. 100%, 100%.
0: So the last one that I am going to highlight <clears throat> is a recent one episode 48 with everybody, Bill faith. There were so many nuggets in that episode, um, that he went through. So Bill, Bill focuses on high-end luxury vacation properties. Um, but he's got a cool approach on how he's locating these properties, how he's maximizing his returns. Definitely check that out. It's episode 48, um, But one of the little nuggets that we'll talk about is how he looks for ways to create different amenities at his properties, right? So as an example, he's got some properties in Gulf shore, Alabama, where, you know, he's near the beach. He's not on the beach. He'll be like a block over, but he's still close enough. So he'll, he'll spend a few thousand dollars and buy a golf cart and let the guests use that for free just as an extra amenity. So you have a beautiful property. There's probably a lot of other beautiful properties, but Bill's Place has its own golf cart that you can use for free. And then he also spent, I think he said five or 600 bucks and built out a full coffee bar at this property with French presses, espresso machines, Keurigs, like every type of coffee machine you could have. And he did some research to figure out what are the best coffee beans that he could get. He doesn't even drink coffee, but he understands that like, you know, somebody that's staying in one of these properties, they probably like coffee and they probably like good coffee. So he built out a full coffee bar. Again, it cost him five or 600 bucks, but he's probably charging five or 600 to a thousand to $2,000 a night. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's looking for different opportunities that he can use different amenities that he can create at his properties to get a leg up on his competition. Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant because it doesn't have to be anything crazy. I mean, yeah, the golf cart is awesome. But something as simple as a coffee bar, like a legit coffee bar, not just like slapping a Keurig in there, make like a legit coffee bar with good coffee and notes about where the different coffee comes from and all that. Like it just takes the experience to the next level.
1: Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I would highly suggest going back to listen to the episode one, because the beauty for me with Bill is that he is kind of coming into vacation rental at the end of a super successful career across a lot of different industries, right? And, and he, he talks about how he has a marketing agency, so he brings that level of knowledge of marketing and people to the vacation rental space. And, and what he talked about when he, he was sharing with us that story about the coffee, it's, it's a key little distinction that you should keep in mind when you are designing and furnishing a place, it doesn't matter what you like. It matters what your guest wants. So the moment you start designing homes, thinking about what does 90% of my guests want, in this particular case, Bill likes tea, I would say 90% of people like coffee, then you invest in coffee because you're understanding that you're buying, again, it's a business and you're buying an investment property that you're trying to maximize revenue on. So nobody cares about what you want, right? Like if you go to the property, lay down the road and you see this $800 worth of coffee machines, you look the other way, you put a little tea kettle on the on the stove and you'll make a little bag of tea. But that's there because it's an investment to your property. The other great thing that I want to highlight about Bill is how he finds property and he has this whole... He explains it very well on the show. So you should go back and listen to it. But the whole approach of not being tier one, but being tier two, uh, which is what Mike was saying, right? He'll be one road away from, from the lake, one road away from the mountain, one road away from the beach. But that allows him to find the properties where he can buy them for the best price and still able to charge premium rents because he's still close to it. Plus the extra amenities that he puts in every property really allows him to push his ADR. Um, so if you heard Bill talk about on Clubhouse, he talks about his ADR a lot. Um, and then last person that I want to talk about, and he's the only person that we have had on the show twice. It's our good friend, Mark Simpson, um, episode 31 and 41.
0: Episode uh, 31, 40, and 41, because we broke that into two parts because it was so yeah,
1: good. that's true. So, I mean, just because we've had him so many times on, you guys should know um, that Mike and I learn from Mark on a regular basis, um, very selfishly. That's why we had him on the show three times <laughs> since, since the beginning. Uh, but Mark, Mark is famous for, and that's one of my favorite lines of his, is don't build your house on somebody else's land. Um, I, I've been a subscriber of that for since the very beginning, Um, since I started vacation rentals, I always had my own website. I took the majority of my booking through my direct website and, and I really hated using OTAs because I felt always that I had no, no power. I had no emails. I had no phone numbers and I had no kind of saying to what people did and how to charge for damages and everything else. So he, in his first episode, he talks about that. And then on the second episode, he takes us to a five-step kind of strategy as to once you have your direct booking website, how do you maximize the eyes on it? And how do you target your traveler, your future guests through how is decision-making process? And and that that those two episodes alone can make or break your business if you really start implementing what he talks about. And the beauty is that I don't think you spend much money at all because a lot of it is just understanding how the algorithm works, understanding how to tag your website to show up in certain ways and a lot of hustling through Facebook groups, um, which is a big thing that he always talks about as well.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And he's the expert that I go to, like he's building out the website right now for the hotel that we're launching next month. Like, when I have questions about marketing, direct bookings, booking websites, like he's the guy I call. Like I've literally got him on speed dial on my phone. Like that—that yeah. that is like what he focuses on. That is what he specializes in. And he's really good at it. Mm-hmm. So definitely check those out. It was episode 31 and then 40 and 40, 40 and 41 where is a two-part series, the five steps to turn lookers into bookers. And it was so good. Like you could literally have a notebook full of notes just from those three episodes.
1: Yeah. And he also has from- a, has a great YouTube channel boostly.co.uk. Um, and, and he's another one of those people that just wants to serve people. He's, his he's passing his story. Um, they had, they had a huge family form. So he's been in hospitality his whole life. And he understands as a kid of hospitality, he understands the power of increasing your bookings period by increasing your direct bookings and your, returning customers. Um, and, and he just gives so openly and like, I mean, he organized three 24 hour clubhouse rooms, um, since the beginning of the year. And I think I've left every single one of those just n- knowing something new or, or choosing to implement something new in, in the business. So I am, I'm, I'm super grateful that he's, uh, he's on our side.
0: 100 percent and i'll plug their website again too they're actually the sponsors of the podcast this month as well yeah um so it's uh www.boostly.co.uk forward slash str secrets so make sure you guys use that link head over there the cool thing that i like about mark is he puts his money where his mouth is too on the websites so if you work with boostly on your direct booking website they have a full 100% money back guarantee that if you don't make your money back from direct bookings from the site that they build you, they'll give you your money back because they're that confident because they're that good at what they do. So it's a no brainer. Like when you're going to build your own direct booking website, just have them do it for you or purchase one of their pre-designed templates. Like this is all they do. Like they are the company to go to for your direct booking. So just use them. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Just use them. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah. So, hundred percent. So that's it, man. That's our top ten from the first fifty-two episodes of the Short Term Rental Secrets podcast. I can't believe it's been a year, man. Like we've yeah. had a lot of episodes, but I didn't even realize that we were coming up on a year until I started looking at the episode numbers. I'm like, holy cow! Like it's yeah. been almost a year.
1: No, and I am super grateful um, to, I mean, to you for our friendship always, but also to all of our listeners. Um, I know we have some of them that have been with us from the very beginning, and and I'm just, and I'm just grateful. Um, I hope that our, our friends and just our show has helped you create financial freedom for yourself this year, or if you're not there yet, that you are in the process. Um, I know I have a good friend, Heather, that actually bought a place, so she's about to close on a place, um, even though she didn't buy it with me, which is okay. But she just sent me a picture the other day that she ordered all of her stuff. And so it's that exciting. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, just trust the process, right? Like you're, you're doing the right things. Just trust the process. But I, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? Like it makes me happy. And that was our intention over a year ago when we decided to, to do this is just kind of share, share all of it. And we've been super blessed to meet some amazing people um, along the way. And
0: create that community too. like, make sure the community's grown, right? We've got the free community on Facebook, the short-term rental secrets group. I think it's up to 1400 or 1500 people now that, you know, we're popping in there. We're answering questions. Sometimes we're live streaming in there, you know, just trying to add as much value. But when you're, one of the keys to our success, like with E and I was, we're big on masterminding, right? Like we get together, we surround ourselves with a group of people that are all moving in the same direction that have big goals that are going to support encourage, and challenge us. And when you're around those types of people all the time, like it's going to help you move the needle forward. And that was part of why we created this free community on Facebook was to help support, encourage, and challenge people to keep growing, to keep moving forward, to keep chasing their dreams and to just go for it. And it's totally free. So just check that out. We'll have the links in the show notes, but if you go on Facebook, it's a short-term rental secrets group and uh, we'd love to have you in there. So That's it for this episode, guys. Thanks so much for being with us. Episode 52, a full year of the Short-Term Rental Secrets podcast. I am so grateful that you are here. And if you know anybody that is in the business or looking to get in the business, make sure you share this podcast with them. Every single week, we're looking to find new guests to bring you as much value as possible and help you launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week.